that were overcome. There were challenges that, um, wow, were really taken on. I mean, it was impressive. There was laughter. There was near-death experiences. I mean, it was amazing. Uh, But your pastor's heart is so full just to see the body coming together and and working to for for the sole purpose of of bringing God's word to young boys and girls in our community in our church. What a blessing! And um, if you were a part of of this week, I just want to say thank you. And if you did nothing else than pray for us as we we did all of this, oh, that was so appreciated. So thank you so much. Tonight they come. And I would ask that each of us, regardless of what your role is in VBS, that you would faithfully pray each night, starting at at 6 to 8.30, for these young boys and girls that are going to be coming. With that, we are still in Peter. And and I want you, if you would, to, to picture with me Jesus and Peter standing on the water. Not, well, not on it. That's another story. But, but by the water. And Jesus pulls Peter off to the side. Scripture records those words for us in the Gospel of John. In John chapter 21, 15, it says this. So when they had finished breakfast... Jesus said to Simon Peter, Simon, son of John, do you love me more than these? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, tend my lambs. He said to him again a second time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? He said to him, yes, Lord, you know that I love you. He said to him, shepherd my sheep. He said to him a third time, Simon, son of John, do you love me? Peter was grieved because he had said to him the third time, do you love me? And he said to him, Lord, you know all things. You know that I love you, Jesus said to him, tend my sheep. As we look at the opening verses of this letter that Peter is is writing to the churches, we see Peter say this, Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to those who reside as aliens scattered throughout Pontius, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, Bithynia, who are chosen according to the foreknowledge of God the Father by the sanctifying work of the Spirit to obey Jesus Christ and be sprinkled with his blood. May grace and peace be yours in the fullest measure. It's interesting As Peter starts his letter, you'll notice that he is writing multiple churches. This letter will be going out and and delivered, hand-delivered to these churches throughout Asia. 
And imagine as they get this letter, they, they see it and they're like, it's from Peter. And Peter was well known. Kind of like he's well known today. We know who Peter is. I mean, we come to the scriptures and he's one of those individuals you can name. I mean, he walked on water. And then he sank. And then Jesus saved him. I mean, we know those things about Peter. And the church knew about Peter. And as we've been reading through this letter, as Peter has been expressing his heart to this, these churches, we've seen a shepherd's heart that has come, come forth from Peter. He has expressed his care and, and concern for them. Yet from the very beginning, he also addressed his authority in which he is writing these things. It's interesting. We come to this portion of the letter, though. And Peter shifts his attention. His focus now is to write to the elders. His attention goes to them, and he has some things to say to the elders of these churches. I, I find it very interesting that there is no separate letter to the elders. There's no executive session that's held, and Peter shares these things privately with the leaders of these churches. I mean, think about that. As, as this is being read, I mean, they would all come together and, and the letter would be held out and they'd be... By the way, isn't this cool? I can get really close to you guys. <laughs> I like this. But, but imagine as, as Peter writes these letters, the letter is given and everybody comes together. They're like, listen! And they go through and they're reading it and reading it. And it doesn't say, now that you got to this part, please ask everybody else to leave except the elders. It doesn't say that. In the presence of everybody else, Peter is addressing the elders. I, I believe that this was for, for multiple purposes. But imagine the accountability as Peter is saying these things that the elders would have to the people and the people to the elders. What a beautiful thing. At this time, I'd like you to turn in your Bibles to 1 Peter chapter 5. I'm going to ask the elders here this morning, Mark and Nathan, if you would please stand. These are the words that are written to the elders of the church. Therefore, I exhort the elders among you as your fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ and a partaker also of the glory that is to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God among you. Exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but voluntarily, according to the will of God, 
and not for sordid gain, but with eagerness, nor yet as lording it over those allotted to your charge, but proving to be examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. For verse 5, I'd ask that everybody else please stand. You younger men, likewise, be subject to your elders, and all of you clothe yourself with humility toward one another. For God is opposed to the proud, but gives grace to the humble. May the Lord add a blessing on the reading of his word. You may be seated. Peter, in this passage, is delivering a strong message to the elders of the church. There's a message, and, and it begins, I exhort This is a passage as as a pastor, as an elder, that I have read over and over and over. Those passages in Scripture where God speaks directly to the, the shepherds, the pastors, are ones that I have read continuously. And when you see a word like exhort, it it draws your attention. Peter is saying there is an urgent, important concept here, men, that you need to understand. Pay attention. This is a priority. And and it's it's coming from, from Peter with a very strong appeal. I I love that that Peter is appealing to the leaders. It's urgent. It's an urgent message to these elders, especially to churches and and, and people who are suffering. Have you noticed how much Peter has been, been looking at the suffering and the hardship of the church? And now he says, shepherds, this is urgent. You need to be aware. I love that he addresses it to the elders, the the plurality of of eldership. You realize that as as we lead as elders of this church, we do it together. And there was a plurality of, of these churches as well. There is accountability to others and and holding each other accountable. I love the fact that on Wednesday morning, I I meet with Pastor Loyal from over in in Grace Bible Colburn. I meet with with Pastor Jonathan down at Casa de la Biblia. Once a month, I meet with some pastors down in, in Grand Junction. And as we meet, we pray for one another. We hold one another accountable to what God's Word has called us to do, has called us to be. Oh, church, we need that accountability. We need that encouragement. God didn't call us to do this alone. He called us to be the body of Christ, to come together. This this ministry is hard work. 
I love that Peter addresses among you. Shepherd the flock among you. Isn't it cool? I mean, think about this. As, as a shepherd of, of this flock, I am a sheep among sheep. Yet with the responsibility and the role to shepherd as well as an under-shepherd among you. You are one of them, but shepherd them among you. I appreciate that God has given the responsibility of this fellowship. He hasn't said, Jed, you have the responsibility to care for the fellowship down under in Australia. That would be hard to do, wouldn't it? I mean, it'd be cool to go to the beach every now and then. I mean, that would be fun, but, but you can't shepherd that way. He says, among you. Those I'm entrusted to your care. And there's an urgent message, so I want you to hear it. And it was important then, it's important now. So in essence, today's message is really for the three of us that are here. Brian isn't able to be here during the summers, but he'll listen later. And it's for you to know and understand. And we'll get to that in a little bit. But I want you to understand, as Peter writes this, he's, in, he's being inspired by God himself to write these words. These are not coming from Peter's grand idea, and this is his idea and concept. He is inspired by the very words of God through him. Peter himself had walked with, with Jesus Christ. He was an apostle of Jesus Christ. He had suffered for the sake of Christ. And he's writing these things with understanding. Understanding the relationship that is essential in order to be even remotely prepared to shepherd God's people. Peter's message is urgent and clear. Elders, shepherd, shepherd the flock of God. Shepherd those among you. Shepherd here is not a title, it is not a designation, it is a verb. It is what we are to do, what we are responsible for doing for the flock of God. And, and I appreciate it. Did, it. did you see that? Shepherd the flock of God among you. It's not my flock. It's my responsibility, but it's God's. Actually, that makes it a whole lot more intimidating, to be honest. If it was my sheep, that would be a whole different thing. But it's his sheep, and there is a whole level of, oh my goodness. Have you ever noticed the opening verses of Psalm 23? 
I love that psalm. It's, it's brought so much comfort. But the opening verse of that, David declares, he says, The Lord is my shepherd. Do you know what that means? Ownership. We belong to him. Isn't that a cool thing? You and I belong to Him. The Lord is my shepherd. And then the chief shepherd says, By the way, here's some of the sheep, and I want you to care for them, Jed. (laughs) He's given the responsibility of shepherding. Oversight. Oversight is to have responsibility for the care of someone. Parents understand this. We are given oversight over our children for a period of time, are we not? We are to care for them. We are to minister to them. We are to feed them and all of this. That that word oversight, and it shows a burden of responsibility. Of caring. And your pastor, your elders, are to be overseers, not overlords. There's a vast difference. Overseer is is caring, serving. An overlord is just demanding, dictator, power. serving your pastor your elders are to shepherd in a caring way I love that God's word gives us examples of that Jesus gave a beautiful example in John John chapter 10 not that one there we go John chapter 10, beginning in verse 11. Look what he says. I am the good shepherd. This is Jesus speaking. The good shepherd lays down his life for the sheep. He who is a hired hand and not a shepherd, who is not the owner of the sheep, sees the wolf coming and leaves the sheep and flees. And the wolf snatches them and scatters them. He flees because he has hired hand and is not concerned about the sheep. I am the good shepherd and I know my own. My own know me. Even as the Father knows me, I know the Father and I lay down my life for the sheep. God did not call elders to be a hired hand, rather under shepherds. There is a care and a sacrifice that he has called us to for the flock. There's an accountability that will need to be given. And Peter says, don't lord it over them, but serve. Lead them. I 
I appreciate the humility that comes with this. Look with me over in Luke or follow along up above. Luke says this, chapter 22, verse 24. This is about being humble. Peter was there, by the way. He remembered this. And there arose a dispute among them as to which one of them was regarded to be the greatest. I can't imagine Peter was a part of that conversation, can you? Hmm. And he said to them, The kings of the Gentiles lord it over them, and those who have authority over them are called benefactors. But it is not this way with you. But the one who is the greatest among you must become like the youngest. And the leader, like the servant. For who is greater, the one who reclines at the table or the one who serves? It is not the one who reclines at the table. But I am among you as one who serves. What an example. All along, Peter has been challenging the church to look to Christ as the example of suffering and how we should behave. And now he says, church, look to Christ as our example as well. Elders, look at our example in Christ. And God has a lot to say about those shepherds that don't care. Ezekiel, my goodness, he really unleashed on the shepherds. The shepherds were beating the people of God into submission. They They were using God's word to hurt the sheep. I have seen pastors, or they call themselves pastors, shepherds, that will use God's word to beat down God's people. To belittle them and tear them down. for the purpose of elevating themselves. I'm not saying we should never be challenged or convicted by God's Word. Oh, but a shepherd that uses God's Word to beat the sheep. How sad. Paul in Ephesians would write, And declare that the shepherd's role, the pastor's role, is to equip the body of Christ for the work of ministry. I tell you what, it is such a joy to watch those within our body that are allowing God's word to equip them. I appreciate those who are serving in trail life and equipping our young men. I appreciate those who help week in and week out with the WANA program. Those who go and equip us to worship and sing praises to God. The Bible studies gone and on and on. And there is an equipping of the saints to do the work of ministry. What a beautiful thing. 
And when they begin to realize just how amazing this God is, and they look at God's Word and they're like, wow! They are built up, they are prepared and ready to serve. You know, shepherding entails a number of different things for the, for the flock. There's feeding. We get to feed the sheep. And often it feels like we're feeding, you know, that pre-chewed Bible. Because, oh, to get to nourish on it all week. But there's so much more than feeding and when there's feeding, it's, it's taking the, the ones in the church to good, solid food. Good, solid doctrine. Titus is, is instructed about giving the good doctrine to the people. The meat of God's Word to grow strong and healthy. And a shepherd will, will make sure he is there with the sheep. Moving from one pasture to another to get the full nourishment. You know what's interesting though is a shepherd needs to understand that the you that was just born yesterday does not need that rich grass. It needs milk. In order for a shepherd to understand that, there is an understanding and intimacy of getting to know the flock that he is entrusted with. In order to feed properly, there, there's a caring in shepherding. This is a verb. And the caring, think about what the shepherd would do is there would be different uh, dangers, different injuries or, or caring that needed to be done for the wool, whatever it was. The shepherd would come along and inspect for the health. The shepherd would know the personalities of each of the sheep. And he would work with that personality to make sure that that lamb would grow strong and effective. It's important for your pastor to know you. I strive to know as best I can. Truth be told, I, I, I would not want a church of, of a thousand or more people. I've been offered that before. And then the problem with that is I would not be able to shepherd. I could preach, I could teach. But I couldn't shepherd. Because as a shepherd, you have to know. It's interesting, shepherds would even name the sheep. I strive so hard to know your names, to address you by name. It's kind of interesting, when someone calls your name, you perk up different, don't you? When someone remembers your name, you're like, oh, they care about me. And there are some, I don't even know if I'd call them pastors, that are interested in crowds. They are phenomenal 
teachers, phenomenal preachers, and God has gifted them that way. But to shepherd, you have to get close. You have to come and know the people. Think about it. Jesus Christ, as he would minister, he came and spoke one-on-one with Nicodemus. Even late at night. Did you know pastors get calls at night? Ask my wife, it's true. And at night, Jesus took time to minister to Nicodemus, and we see God use Nicodemus later. The woman at the well, hungry, thirsty, Jesus himself took time to minister to her need, her thirst, to offer water, everlasting water himself, pouring out himself. And then there's leading. Not only do we care, but we lead the sheep. There, there's the aspect of walking in front of, because sheep follow. Sheep are not driven very well. Sheep follow very well. Especially with one they, they know. There's a leading by example. I will tell you that is one of the scariest parts of being a shepherd. As Paul would, would say, follow me as I follow Christ. I want you to know Jesus Christ because if I am not walking in the way that Christ would want, don't follow me. Don't put me on a pedestal just so I can fall off. Remember, I am a sheep among sheep. And I strive to follow the good shepherd so that I can genuinely say, follow me as I follow Christ. The church, discern. Don't follow blind. It's been well said that the church needs leaders who serve and servants who lead. As a servant of God, your elders strive to serve you and to lead. Leading by example. I appreciate the time and energy that, that the men on, on our, elder, our elder board put in. The prayer that they lift up for you. The next one is guiding. You may be like, wait, leading, guiding, isn't that the same thing? No. No, it's not. Guiding is, is that instruction of coming and, and showing which way, giving instruction on, on the how-tos, the whys, and what God's Word says. Yes, follow, but guess what? There's going to be some paths that I don't have to walk down that you do. 
And I guide you to God's Word and instruct you in what He has to say. I let you know that there's some paths that look really attractive. But it's not the wise way to go. The whole cliche, grass on the other side always looks greener. The shepherd understands that it's astroturf. It's not going to feed you. And that guidance that is given in, in being vigilant to watch and look out for those things for the people. Right along with that is protecting. Do you realize that the shepherd carried a sling for good reason? At all times, the sheep were under threat of being attacked. The shepherd would remain vigilant, on watch, and on guard, learning how to effectively use that sling, that staff, that rod. It's interesting, the staff would kind of help direct the sheep. That rod was typically a short club with a sharp point. And if you were a bear or a lion or a wolf, you did not want to be on the other end of it. That sling was because that shepherd would be able to spot trouble from afar and keep it at bay. And if need be, willing to go hand to hand up against the enemy. David declared... God gave into my hands the lion and the bear. That old Goliath, he's not going to be anything to God. There's a protection that is there. Do you realize as, as your shepherds, there is a constant vigilance on false teaching, false doctrine that is constantly plaguing the church. Constantly being on the lookout for those who are smooth with their words just to pull you away from the flock. Guarding and protecting. And sometimes, a shepherd would even have to guard and protect from sheep. Every now and then, there was that, that wild and woolly sheep that would start just pestering the other sheep. That's where that whole staff came in. No, 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 no. You stay away. That's not healthy. And watching and guarding and protecting. And the shepherd placing himself between the threat and the sheep. It's interesting, at night they would come and they would be in this, this circle and there would be a hedge of protection around them. And there would be the gate. And the shepherd would lay across the gate. So nothing, even at night, would be able to come and hurt the sheep. Oh, church, your pastor loves you. 
I will not ever allow someone to teach you something opposed to what God's Word says. And your elders stand on guard watching out for you. Doing our very best to protect. And we do it because we love you. But also because one day the chief shepherd is returning. And it would be really scary to be an under-shepherd and be doing a really lousy job of caring for his sheep. That would terrify me. And one day I will stand and give an account for how I shepherd his people. One day we will give an account. Peter briefly addresses, in verse 5, the younger men. Typically in those days, the, the, the addressing, especially when dealing with elders, was the older men, younger men. This is for the church as a whole. And the responsibility that, that we all have pertaining to God coming back the chief shepherd coming for his flock. And there's a responsibility. The writer of Hebrews addresses it in verse 17 of chapter 13. The writer says, Obey your leaders and submit to them, for they keep watch over your souls as those who will give an account. There it is. Let them do this with joy and not with grief, for this would be unprofitable for you. I love that in in the passage in Peter. He says, likewise, young men. You realize we are to approach this both understanding that Jesus Christ is our example in all these things, and Jesus Christ is returning for his people. But he calls for a, a subjection to the leadership. I have a fun video that shows what this is not to be like. Turn your attention to the screen real quick. Here's the shepherd. Oh! I can relate with that guy sometimes. Yeah. Poor shepherd. Oh, man. Church, that's what Peter doesn't want you to be like, okay? And I I have to say, it's not. It is such a joy and an honor to serve as your shepherd. I love you guys so much. It is a joy to serve. It is a joy to care for, to to come and give you God's word. And oh, the joy when I see the sheep enjoying what, what God has given in his word, excited about feasting on the truth. Oh, it brings joy to my heart. 
This last week, watching the family of God come together, laughing, celebrating, striving together. Oh, the joy in your pastor's heart. To be here on Thursday nights and, and hear the conversations and the practice of, of just preparing to worship. I, I sit in there with the door cracked, somewhat so I can study because it's loud, but also so I can hear the preparation of just preparing to worship. There is a crown of glory. Oh, but the blessing God is just giving me day in and day out of being your shepherd, your pastor. Peter wrote this in a public forum for the people and the elders to hear both. And I believe for two reasons, really. One, for the accountability. We are accountable to one another. There's a humility that we do this in, and we'll look at that more next week. But I also believe it's for the purpose of prayer. Church, pray for your elders. Pray for your shepherds. We need it. We're sheep too. We're learning how to get this thing called life right. We follow the same chief shepherd. He's coming back and oh, we want him to be so thrilled. And we pray for you. It is a joy. Miss Rhonda just updated my my, uh, directory. It's such a joy to pray for each one of you by name and to have updated pictures to pray for you for. So church, thank you. Thank you for the honor of serving you and being your shepherd. My prayer is that when he comes, we will all stand ready. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, oh God, we come to you so grateful that we belong to you. Lord, I think of the song, Your Eye is on the Sparrow. Oh, and you surely watch over me. To think that there's not one lamb within your flock that you are not aware of intimately. God, I pray as as their pastor, God, that you would give me your shepherd's heart. God, I ask that I would shepherd your people well to care for, to lead, to guide, to feed them and protect them as you would. So God, this morning we come to you, honored to be yours, praising you.
for the opportunity to serve. In Jesus' name, amen. All right, as we close this worship time together, the song we picked this morning is a, is a very familiar one, What a Friend We Have in Jesus. And as I, as I listen this morning, as I reflect on the book of 1 Peter, what I love about the book of 1 Peter is no matter what Peter is talking about, there's a constant referral back to Jesus and the example that he left for us to fulfill whatever challenge, whatever exhortation he was giving to us. And in verse 7 of the passage that we just uh, studied this morning, the verse says, casting all your cares upon him because he cares for you. Isn't it great to know we have a friend in Jesus? Amen? Let's stand together as we close. sins and grace to bear.